Welcome, everybody, to the season premiere of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's High School Huddle Podcast. I'm Peter Dawson, and co-hosting alongside me is a guy that many of you are familiar with, uh, and for very good reason. That would be the Star-Telegram's own high school football reporter, one-man high school football reporter uh, at this point. That'd be Brian Gossett. Brian, how you doing on this Tuesday morning? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to get this, to get this thing going. There's a lot of... Uh, High school football fans in Texas, it's a, it's a religion, this sport is. I learned that very quickly. Um, so excited. We're in, we're in week two of the football season. Uh, some things we're going to talk about, uh, Fort Worth ISD, we're going to stay close to home. Diamond Hill Jarvis is in the news, the winning streak for the first time in a long time. Some other two and old teams, some players to watch for. Going to play a little game of pretenders versus contenders. And then some exciting matchups to watch in week three. Now, Brian has been – this was kind of Brian's brainchild from the beginning here. He's been uh, been kind enough to let me ride shotgun. Now, we're certainly going to tinker with the setup and format uh, week to week as we go forward, but some of those changes will depend on the feedback that we get from our readers and now our listeners. So any questions, comments, concerns, and yes, even criticisms for Brian and I, we're, we're here for all that. Uh, our email addresses are attached to all the stories we write. And on Twitter, Brian can be found at Gosset41. I, uh, I can be found at PT underscore Dawson. You can also find all our high school coverage on the Star Telegram's website, star-telegram.com, under the sports section, and also on dfwvarsity.com. On Twitter, all that same great high school content will be at star-telegram or at dfwvarsity. You can also see these great stories, videos, and images on the Fort Worth Star Telegram and DFW Varsity Facebook pages. So basically, in terms of getting the word out there, if you guys enjoy the content, tell your friends, your father, your mother, your brother, your sister too, your aunts, your uncles. Basically, tell anyone you know who loves high school football about this podcast. Okay, we've got a lot to get to since we are recapping the first two weeks of the season, as well as looking ahead to some of the big games in week three. And I think Brian wanted to point out, and I will as well here, that that while we're going to be talking DFW football, we're, because we are the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, there's going to be a specific focus on Fort Worth schools and schools in the surrounding area, but we will kind of cover uh, and touch on stuff across the Metroplex. And in terms of where we're going to start in terms of topics... I think we're going to start, like I mentioned, close to home. The first topic on the table, uh, one a, a school that has has been in the news for probably not the right reasons and, and now is finally in the news for the right reasons, and that's Diamond Hill Jarvis. You know, the program was a national story for, like I said, for the wrong reasons, and now it's a national story for the right one. 77 games, 77 losses. Now they finally got a W on the board, and, and lo and behold, two weeks in, They've now won two games. Uh, I guess they like the taste of the first win so much they went out and got a second. Uh, three games, I guess, I think qualifies as a winning streak. Brian might disagree. And if you haven't read Mac Engel's coverage of that uh, of that win and the streak before hat, there's a little bit a little bit of Jason Garrett mixed in there too. You can find Mac on Twitter at Mac Engel Prof. Yes, Mac Engel is actually a professor as well. You should go ahead and do that right now but Brian I'll start with you on Diamond Hill Jarvis what stood out the the win I mean I went out and watched practice yesterday on uh, Monday afternoon and talked to coach Oscar Castillo who's second year there and 
Uh, it was kind of funny when they, they won that first game in week one, the kids kind of didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to celebrate. They've never been there before. You have some seniors, some four-year varsity players who never won uh, in three years. And, you know, what do we do? How do we celebrate? Where do we go? You know, he's, he mentioned uh, one kid. I always wanted to go to Whataburger. You know, eventually <laughs> they, went to, they went to Pluckers. Um, they played on a Thursday night, so they came back Friday to school. And uh, they had a celebration in, in school, you know, like a kind of a state state send off, if you will. Um, and again, they were like, what do we do? How do we celebrate? Are we supposed to cheer? Are we supposed to smile? Uh, but, you know, they've picked it up uh, back to back wins now. First time since 99, you know, that they've scored a lot of points, which is not the norm there. They've scored 83 points in two weeks. They only had 54 in 10 games in 2017, and even worse, 19 in 2016. And so in two weeks, they've outscored their last two seasons combined in 20 games by, by 10 points. It's, it's crazy to think that things are clicking now, and uh, it's Oscar doing a great job with those kids. It's a great story if um, you haven't read Max' you know, column. I'm going to do a story here in a bit. Um, it's it's incredible. And a lot of people in Fort Worth know it. I'm sure a lot of people in the state know it. So keep going. Keep winning. Let's uh, keep this winning streak uh, alive, I guess. Yeah, no, I, those are some of the great numbers, especially in the offensive end. And I think that there are two things that stood out to me. First, Coach Castillo, last year when Mac interviewed him, uh, he was very candid in that interview. And, and again, you should, if you haven't read it, you should circle back. But you know, and, and, and he drew a lot of criticism from parents, uh, you know, people at the school, people in the community for how candid he was. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for not, you know, not only obviously producing the W, but also for sticking it out. And, and the administrators at the school deserve credit as well, because, you know, in this and I don't want to generalize, but in this day and age, you know, there's such a, a, a willingness to kind of have these gut reactions and they hadn't won in so long. And. You know, there's always this wonder, well, you know, people are unhappy. Is it going to come back? And and they stuck it out, and I think they deserve credit for that. I think in terms of the players, you touched on it a little bit, but I think the, the most impressive thing is, you know, they get this big win. They don't None of them know how it feels. And I think they could have very easily rested on their laurels and said, you know, we broke through, and this is all wonderful and great. But they go out and win again, and, and obviously they, they had gotten the attention in the first place. I mean, nobody wants that type of attention, but... I think the fact that they were able to kind of continue to do show progress and get victories, and you, know, you don't want to look too far ahead, but they have an 0 2 Northside uh, team coming in on Friday. I mean, I, you know, you don't want to jinx them. Uh, our, our producer's going to hate this, but I'm going to knock on wood for them. Uh, they they could be looking at three and L. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a rivalry game too. It's a battle of the boot with Northside. And we actually covered Northside last year. Uh, they were kind of in that same spot. They started 3-0. and It was the first time in, in four decades that they had started 3-0. and And so now they get to face uh, Diamond Hill Jarvis. And actually, actually they, they got that record 3-0 and by beating Diamond Hill in, in week three. So kind of um, rivalry there, a little bit of revenge for Diamond Hill. Hopefully they can pick up a win. Um, you know, they got a really good running back in Edric Hampton. He's been on varsity for two years. I mean, week one, he went off for 150 yards rushing and 92 yards receiving. And then last week against North Dallas, he had three carries, two touchdowns. Not bad there um, until he got 
he put on the bench to, uh, just to rest because they had the game in hand. But like you mentioned, you know, Coach Castillo may have drew uh, some criticism, but, you know, it's his first year. And what surprising was talking to him on Monday when he first met the kids, it, their faces didn't um, imply that they were on this long losing streak. You know, they had fun. They continued to come out. You know, the parents continued to come out, the fans, even during those 77 straight losses. Um, so the support's uh, really nice to see there in, in Diamond Hill Jarvis. So really quickly, and, and Diamond Hill Jarvis isn't the only school on the list nope. that, that it hasn't been good historically. I mean, Diamond Hill Jarvis has been a, a bit of a different category in right. terms of not having recent success. But there are two schools that you wanted to touch on who are off to strong starts who maybe haven't really gotten off to that type of starts in the past. Who, who are you talking about there? You know, it's my I started my fifth season here covering high school sports for the Star-Telegram. There might have been other great starts in Fort Worth ISD, but in terms of the teams that don't normally win, I mean, I feel like this is the best start that Fort Worth ISD could have. You have Polly, the Polly Parrots. Um, they're 2-0. Their first win, uh, first season opening win since 2009. Actually, they're 2-0 for the first time since that year when they went 4-0. They have a new coach, Jeff Green, who coming over from Burleson as an assistant. Um, but not not he was familiar with Fort Worth ISD, spent time with South Hills with Coach J.J. Resendez. They're putting up some points, too, uh, 62 in week one. 41-6 in week two, a lot of running. Uh, Dewan Wheatfield Hunter, 310 yards, six touchdowns Jeez. in week one, only 22 carries. Um, and his buddy Marquise Esther, not bad himself, 31 carries, 295 yards, and two touchdowns. So over 600 yards on the ground in week one. And again, a, a team that normally doesn't score, I mean, 103 points in two weeks. And they had 45 points in, in 10 games in 2017. I mean, it's it's crazy what these these teams are doing. It's it's great to see. And uh, you know, Ben Brooks, another one. Ben Brook, if you're not familiar, is a new newer school. Only their third year. They're two and zero. They went zero and ten in their first year. Two and eight last season. So they already they already matched their their win total from a season ago. And uh, if you don't know. Their running back, Quinton Jackson, he's he's fun to watch. just want to mention some other 2-0 teams, teams that don't normally win. We stick with the Fort Worth ISD, Western Hills, 2-0. Again, matching their win total from a season ago. They only have eight wins in the past five years, 88 points in the first two weeks. Cleburne, also 2-0. Jacob Reynolds, running back, nearly 400 yards rushing, four touchdowns last week against Chisholm Trail, and 40 points in week one against South Hills. They went 0-10 last year and didn't have a single 40-point game. So in back-to-back -back weeks to start this season, they've gone 40 and more. Saginaw picks up a win, 40-29. Not necessarily 2-0 against Wichita Falls, but they snap a 17-game losing streak. Uh, Cameron Williams, 300 yards in the air, three touchdowns. Three different receivers had scoring touchdowns there for Saginaw. A couple other 2-0 teams, Lamar, Keller, uh, Hazlitt Eaton, Grapevine, Birdville again, first time since 2013. Burleson, Burleson Centennial, Brock, and, and got to give some love to the private schools, Nolan Catholic, Oak Ridge, Grapevine Faith, and Patigo Christian, all 2-0.
but transitioning into what I would, you know, for lack of a better term, would call the second segment of our show. Brian and I are going to play, well, we could just call it a little game. We could call it contender or pretender. Uh, Brian might have a few. I have one of each. Uh, and we'll start with Brian. Name one or a few teams. I, and I guess we should put a caveat on this here because we're only two weeks into the season, and there's a lot of football left to be played. I mean, these these Texas schedules are so long and so grueling right. uh, in terms of how they span. But Brian, give me one or a couple teams you looked at, you're looking at it for the first two weeks of the season. You say, man, they seem like a contender to me. Uh, well, I'll just go with who I watched on Saturday in week two. Euless Trinity is two and zero. I'm going to watch them in week three on uh, Thursday against Colleyville Heritage, but they're two and zero traditionally. You know, powerhouse. They've won three state titles um, in this in this century since 2000 with uh, you know the great Steve Lineweaver. Now their their head coach Chris Jensen is doing a great job. They beat a very good Saxe team over at the Cotton Bowl Classic. Um, if you don't know Trinity, they're the big boys up front. They love the run. They they rarely pass. You know, they put up 200, 300, 400 yards rushing. It's it's tough to block those those boys. Um, but I like them. You know, they, they're in an unusual district this year. There's a couple of DFW teams, but they also have Abilene and, and San Angelo Central, which is a good drive. Um, but I like Trinity to, to kind of make it far, and they did last year state quarterfinals. They went 11-3. Um, and three. So uh, watch out for Trinity. They're, they're back, back at it again another year. Yeah, for me, and, and this is not going to be uh... – a revelatory uh, answer here, uh, but I, I went with Alito. I mean, that's that's probably as safe uh, as that's safe a pick. pick as you could get, right? Yeah. I mean, that's you know, they, you know, they entered the season at at number one uh, in the state uh, for Class Five A um, in their division. Uh, I think that you know, obviously, th- now here's a shameless Star Telegram plug. You know, going back to their 2016-2017 season. They win the state championship. We did uh, the uh, Jared Christopher, who's, who's no longer with us, but we missed Jared, and, and he did Title Town, which is an award-winning uh, documentary that that took them through that championship season. If you haven't watched that, you should absolutely absolutely go do that. You can find that on the Star Telegram's website. But last year, College Station outlasts Alito twenty to nineteen in front of that massive crowd at AT and T Stadium. I think look at the number here; it's about just over twenty-eight thousand uh, to win that state championship. And you look at it and you say, well, how are they going to take getting punched in the mouth, you know, when they were trying to defend their state title? They come back two games, again, small sample size, two games. They've outscored opponents 91 to 14. And I think the one game uh, of those two that stood out, uh, and for good reason, again, Bentonville High School uh, team in Arkansas, largest class there, they entered the season ranked third in the state uh, in Arkansas, and Alita goes out and beats them 15 or sorry, excuse me, 51 to 14, you know, I think that that's, you know, you look at, you know, look at teams that could kind of come into the season and, and you know, ease into things, and Alito very clearly does not do that. Right. Uh, so I think, again, it's not a, re- a revelatory thing to say to look out for Alito, but early on, I think they're once again establishing, establishing themselves as, as kind of the team to beat. Yeah, I mean, every year you need to watch out for Alito. It's kind of like, in 6A with Allen, you know, you expect there's a standard to always go to the state title game. And I'm sure last year people might think it's a success, but to them it's a failure when they don't win state because they do it so much. I mean, they've won they've won seven total. They're, if they had won last year, they would have tied a UIL record with eight. 
overall, but they, they've won six in the last 10 years. And it kind of proves, you know, they beat an Arkansas, Arkansas team. You kind of think, well, you know, this is Texas high school football, and, and they showed it. And, you know, week one even, they played Geyer, who's in 6A, and Geyer has some injuries, but they might be down. But they go out and, and they shut out Geyer. And Geyer hasn't been here too long, but it was their first shutout since their very first game in 2006. Wow. And so watch out for Alito. I mean, you, you don't want to run into Alito until the very end, but they have some talent. And, and, and I mean, it starts with Oklahoma commit Jason McClellan, who's a four-star running Monster, back. Monster. Right. I mean, they've had, they've had some good running backs, you know, Jonathan Gray, obviously. And uh, Jace is, is, is up there. He's got a couple more years and he, he's, he runs fast. He's, he's strong. I mean, it's hard to tackle the boy and, I mean, fun, if you don't have a chance to watch him, go out and watch him. I was going to say, not and, and with Gray and now, too, I mean, they're, we'll, we'll end by saying they're off on this segment anyway, that their offensive line obviously gets a huge push, too. So you, have, right. a, you have a five-star caliber running back with offensive linemen that, that could play at the next level as well. I mean, that's, that's pretty much a recipe for success. Now, the second kind of uh, mini part of this section is the pretender section. Again, going to throw the caveat on there. We're two weeks in. Brian, are there teams that what what's one or two maybe teams out there that you look at and say, I you know they came into the season with a high ranking or or you expected big things given what they have on the roster and with the coaching and they I don't want to say haven't lived up to expectations because we're we're only two weeks in but you know you look at it and you say oof man I might be some questions there in terms of maybe a pretender status. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous to use the pretender uh, name there, but. Uh, just looking down the list, there's a lot of good teams, a lot of two and old teams. You know, Eaton m- might be one. You know, they're two and old. They come up from 6A. They're in 5A the first two years. Now they're a very young team. Again, it's only their third or fourth year as a program. Uh, they're in a tough district. You know, with South Lake Carroll and Geyer and the Keller ISD schools. Byron Nelson is another one. You know, they're two and old. Can they keep it going? You know, when they go to district, can they? stick up uh, stand out with the the big boys with Salt Lake Carroll and Geyer um they they got a lot of talent you know Dawson Pell you talk about um surprising players to watch you know he's on the list Dawson Pell running back Titus Swain you can never uh, count him out he's a three-star recruit at the running back position as well defensively they've been holding they held Brewer to three points in week one and 20 against uh, Sherman there in week two so I don't know if I'll say they're a pretender, but um, just because they're in a tough district, I don't know if they can keep it going, but um, I'd like to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going a little bit of a different direction. And there, and to be fair, there are, two, there are two ways to look at the team that I'm about to talk about. So the, the team I want to talk about is Denton Ryan. Now, like a lot of the teams on your list, 2-0, hard too much to quibble with a team that wins two games. Now they, So they beat Mesquite Poteet 28-14. And then they play Keller Fossil Ridge in week two, 26-19, needed overtime. Now, the one on the one hand, and, and this is not the way I'm going to look at it, but on the one hand, you could say, well, you know, they, they play, you know, a two-score game and, and then they play one in overtime in the season. And you you know, you could make the case that that helps you in the long run playing tough games uh, early on uh, because you're going to be tougher for it later. I, I'm not. I'm not totally convinced to get of that. I mean, those are two opponents that you know. I, I wouldn't say are elite, but again, they're not. I, I wouldn't say they're not too inferior early in the season. 
I'm, I'm going to come at it from a bit of a different way. I mean, Denton Ryan is a top five team in Class 5A Division Two, And in that second game in overtime, you need two interceptions from sophomore Billy Bowman Jr., both of which he returned for a touchdown. Now, again, they're, the players and the coaches and, and supporters of that team will make the case, well, you know, you're showing championship medal and that's going to come through later. But, you know, getting two interceptions returned for a touchdown uh, from such a young guy – you worry that you're going to live by the sword, die by the sword, and that. And in in, uh, in an article I read, they even talked about the fact that you know they have to. I think the quote that they used was they need to pick up the rope for the offense, and that's that's a little bit scary when you know you're relying on one unit very heavily. Not only that, you're relying on turnovers. Again, two ways to look at that. I don't know. I don't know what you would say about that, but especially in the context of high school football. But I would look at it and say, you know, that's a risky way to live. Yeah, uh, it is. But, you know, when you graduate one of the top quarterbacks of really I mean, all time, the last couple of years, and Spencer Sanders, who's now at Oklahoma State, he was the Texas Gatorade Player of the Year last year. Uh, it's big shoes to fill. Uh, but they, they, they're doable. You know, maybe they might rely on the defense a little more this season. But uh, hopefully that kind of motivates the offense to, to do the same, you know. And so – but that's a good pick. You, you always got to look out for Ryan, and they're in a they're in a pretty good district as well with Colleyville Heritage and Grapevine uh, and Birdville. Uh, actually, Grapevine and Birdville also two and zero. Birdville first time since 2013 they've done that, and so it'd be fun to watch that district when it uh, comes up here in a couple weeks. So moving on to our third segment, we're going to give you a player and or team uh, that has surprised us thus far uh, we, we didn't actually specify if this is a good surprise or a bad surprise mine was was kind of a good one but Brian I'll start with you surprise team surprise players two weeks in uh, I got a couple on the list and I'm sure you might talk about them too but again I mentioned uh, you know Quentin Jackson again I don't know if that's a surprise because he did so well last year and I mean He's only played 22 career games, and he's has he has 18 100-yard rushing games, nine of 200 or more. He's got 43 career touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's almost at 600 yards rushing in two weeks um, this season with eight touchdowns. It's he's a small back, but uh, another another one that's kind of a power back, and it's hard to tackle him. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that was one of your yeah, picks. Yeah, so ja- so I'll I'll go a little deeper on Jackson. He was my guy. Uh, you know, I don't want to say obviously he didn't really come out of nowhere, and like you mentioned, a smaller back. But if you're just looking at this season, he's a senior. He's not really uh, what you'd call exactly a highly touted guy. But through two games, you're looking at 556 yards rushing. I mean, that's that's sole possession of second place in the entire state. He has eight touchdowns. That's tied for second in the state. Uh, nine is the lead. So, I mean, he's really one off the pace. Yeah. Forty-eight points, third in the state. And and you mentioned it. And and there's not a, there's not an overall ranking. I I don't think I had the overall ranking. But thirty-five carries only this year. So you know they're not they're not killing him in terms of number of carries. Right. Two hundred and seventy-eight rushing yards per game. Yeah, but uh, you know that another thing too is they're kind of convincingly winning so he's not playing the entire game in fact week two that was three quarters I mean 326 yards in three quarters you know if he plays the fourth quarter he very well could have you know nine or ten touchdowns and have the lead in the state right I, so, yeah I don't I don't think it's a situation where people 
would be surprised that he's having a good season, but I think the numbers and the production especially, and I guess the word I would use is efficient. I mean, the efficiency to me is remarkable. And, I, you know, yeah. the, the if the secret wasn't already out about him towards the end of, the la- of last year, I think it's pretty much out now, right? And that's another one, too. You have to get credits due, you know, up front with the linemen. Um, but I saw a really great video uh, in week one where, you know, he makes six defenders miss, miss tackles. And I don't know if that was just bad tackling or, or right. him, but it's a combination of both. And um, he had 75-yard touchdown. He had a 44-yard touchdown, 56. I mean, these are – it's hard to do. But uh, credit to the linemen and Ben Brook, again, they're, they're a young team, but they've already – matched their win total from a season ago and we're we're only in week two were there any other players that stood out to you a couple you know i'll give you one that's a real surprising one and he's very talented you know he's a top 2020 recruit um he's going to pick up some offers here really quickly especially with the play he's done the last two weeks but jahari rogers over at arlington quarterback um he was a quarterback sophomore year on the jv and then last year he played a little bit of wide receiver. You know, he's listed as a defensive back on, on 24. So an athlete. Sports. He's an athlete. <laughs> um, he's been to a couple camps, you know, Baylor and some of the top ones. But coming over from defensive back, you know, they needed a quarterback. And last year he was, you know, I think he was a third-string quarterback. And so this season, I mean, he's just put up some numbers. I mean, 400 yards passing in week one, 325 last week. Arlington's another 2-0 team. Um, kind of that's a pretty good – pick to be a contender they're, they're a surprise team um in that tough district of martin and, and Bowie and lamar uh, but Jahar rogers look out for him he's he's just a junior he's got two more years but he's already has he already has over 700 yards passing he can kill you on the uh, on the run too he's doable runner as well and so watch out for for him for me i'm gonna i'm gonna switch gears a little bit and go over to the surprise team and I don't, you know, for folks who who have been following high school football for a long time in this area, and especially recently, kind of in the last 20 years or so, this this team probably again, you know, I'm probably not going to win myself any favors amongst listeners going with Alito, and now I'm going to be talking about South Lake Carroll. Again, again, surprise, maybe not quite the best word, but I will say this, you know, with and and you, you're going to probably talk about it in a minute because you were there extensively uh, in the off season with everything that happened with the coaching situation there. And I'll let you get into that in a minute. But I'm going to look at this season right now. You look at Riley Dodge as the head coach, first-year head coach. You know, obviously he's got a good pedigree, great family name. And and he's, I think he's, like, I think you wrote about it, trying to create his own name. But they're 2-0. They have, you know, a 25-8 win over South Grand Prairie and then a very convincing 42-7, excuse me, 17 win over Colleyville Heritage, you know, High school football, especially with those teams, wins are wins are wins, especially for a first-year head coach. And then on top of that, again, something you wrote about and then something you'll probably go into more, uh, a woman kicker, senior Madison Martin, all six extra points, first woman to score points in a football game for Carroll, you know, one of the only women in the history of the state to put up points. You know, for a program that saw such turmoil, I don't want to say turmoil, had a difficult time in the offseason getting through all of that, how Wesson, they're off to a strong start, and and I don't want to again, don't want to say it's a surprise, but everything that that for the Dragons, everything 
has seemingly gone right so far. Yeah, and um, it's kind of a new look. I went there during practice before the season started and talked to the top running back, T.J. McDaniel, who's three-star commit to uh, SMU. And it was just a new energy. You know, Riley Dodge came in. He's a young guy. He's you know, 29 years old. Heck, I'm older than he is. And <laughs> he's over there coaching Texas High School football. It's just different, different energy. And he bought that energy. And uh, TJ mentioned, you know, he was a player. He won state title as a quarterback 2006 for Carroll. He was in that chair that TJ and his teammates are in now. So he knows. And so it's nice. They kind of had a bumpy start there in, in the first half of week one. I watched that game, but they picked it up and, and beat a really good um, Colleyville Heritage team, 42-17. And uh, a lot of great players as well. TJ McDaniel, uh, Will Bowers, RJ Mickens is a top 2020. He's got almost 30 offers on the table. And right, not short on talent. Clearly. Yeah, Michael Parrish. I mean, it goes on. You get you get the idea. And so Carroll's kind of one of those deals as well as Allen and Alito. It's like you know, you expect them. There's an expectation. And last season, then they went. They went to the state quarterfinals, and um, they could go very far as well with the talent they have. So to wrap up, uh, in terms of at least topics, to wrap up our first show, we're going to look ahead to a few of the biggest games on the week three docket. Uh, a little bit of pre-show discussion, but I'm, I'm going to let Brian handle these. Handle these three. Uh, the three. Which three games did, did you want to look at, and why? Yeah, uh, Colleyville Heritage and Euless Trinity. I'm going to that game on Thursday. It's at Pennington. It's actually going to be live on uh, TXA 21, 7 p.m. kickoff. They play quite often. They used to be in the same district a couple of years ago uh, when Colleyville Heritage was still 6A. Euless Trinity kind of dominated that. Uh, they had won nine straight in this series until last season. Colleyville Heritage won, I believe it was 31-14, and actually wrote a story about it because – they they celebrated. They they knew what to do, and they went to Whataburger on uh, over at Glade Road, <laughs> which actually is funny because it's right there by Colleyville Heritage, but it's still it's considered Euless, so they're almost on Euless's <laughs> turf, and they celebrated, and it was it was going crazy, and for good reason. Again, when you when you beat someone, a powerhouse like Trinity, and you do it for the first time in in ten attempts, uh, you 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 deserve all the celebration you can get. Should be fun. There's, uh, you know, Cam Brown on Colleyville Heritage. He's four-star wide receiver, Texas A&M commit. And we talked about Trinity and their run game. And so can Colleyville Heritage do it again, win two straight in that series and, and stop the run? And, you know, can Trinity stop Cam Brown, who also plays both ways? Um, should be fun. Um, and then, you know, there's there's a ton of Friday games, um, you know, you have Grapevine and Northwest and Arlington Bowie and Rockwall. And Arlington Bowie's another 2 0 team under Danny uh, DeArmond and Rockwall with Jacob Clark, who's a Minnesota commit quarterback. They actually played pretty close to Highland Park, the two time defending state champs in week one. Uh, beat them last year in week one, 53 um, 49. So a lot of good games, but obviously, you know, this is Texas high school football, so you're always going to have great matchups um just kind of looking down the list real quick you know you have Geyer who I think gets their running back uh returns and Kadrick Cobbs they play North Crowley who puts up a lot of points Allen and Coppell that's a good matchup that's that's kind of a top 10 in the state type of matchup Coppell is a great kicker and Caden Davis uh, who's also a Texas A&M commit 
Um, so there's a lot to Hebron and Fossil Ridge. I mean, you get you can find all these on our website dfwvarsity.com. So if you don't have any plans, yeah, make make sure you go out to a game this week. Before we go, a few more quick programming notes for you. Brian has a few things to discuss uh, that you can find on all our content platform pages. Brian, what do you have coming up? Coming up, uh, we have the DFW Power Rankings, where I list the top DFW schools in 6A, 5A, and 4A. Um, you can find it on Wednesday, every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Um, there might be a few new schools in the mix. There might be an Arlington school there thrown in. I don't know, you might have to find out. Um, not a lot of change. A lot of the top teams continue to win. Um, you can also find my five things that I learned from week two and five things looking ahead in week three. And also, if you need to look at the Associated Press state polls, they are out as well. You can find that on our website, dfwvarsity.com and uh, startelegram.com. Well, that'll do it for the first edition of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's High School Huddle Podcast. I am Peter Dawson. He's Brian Gossett. Everybody enjoy the games this week, and we will catch you next week to discuss all of the action.